This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Oversight Appropriations and Partnership Top Agenda for U.S. and Caribbean Lawmakers. IMF says Guyana on track for 47.2% 2022 GDP growth. Jamaica reports increased earnings from exports. U.S. Coast Guard intercepts 12 million in cocaine off Puerto Rico. Grenada Prime Minister Mitchell will soon ask Governor General to dissolve Parliament. Protesters call for repatriation as royal family visit St. Vincent and the Grenadines. And Trinidad Dr. Rhonda McEwen, first black woman president at a Toronto university. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, April 25th. We start our report today in Barbados. Barbados Today reports that 20 legislators from Barbados, the Eastern Caribbean, and the United States gathered at the Hilton Barbados for a governance workshop hosted by the U.S. House Democracy Partnership on Saturday, April 23rd. They were joined by U.S. Ambassador Linda Talagitia, Barbadian Ambassador Noel Lynch, and Antigua Barbudan Ambassador Ronald Sanders. Representatives from the National Democratic Institute and the International Republican Institute also participated. U.S. House Representative Barbara Lee opened the workshop saying, The House Democracy Partnership is a bipartisan organization founded more than 15 years ago, and we work to support effective, independent, and responsive legislative institutions. The workshop focused on three themes. Strengthening legislative oversight and capacity, budget appropriations, and access to financing and legislative solutions to addressing electoral and campaign financing. The in-person meeting followed previous virtual engagements over the last two years. Established by the U.S. House of Representatives in 2005, the House Democracy Partnership uses peer-to-peer exchange programs, training seminars for members and staff, and targeted material assistance to build capacity in key areas. Its singular focus on legislative branch of government and its unique ability to bring together American legislators and their peers from around the world have made the commission a valuable forum for strengthening democratic institutions and deepening bilateral relations. The Sinkitz Nevis Observer reports that Guyana's economy remains resilient in the face of global economic tensions and is on track for 47.2% growth in its gross domestic product by the end of this year, according to the International Monetary Fund. In its most recent edition of the World Economic Outlook, the Washington-based financial institution projected that Guyana will see positive growth, although the global economy entering 2022 in a weaker position than previously expected. It said that the spread of the Omicron COVID-19 variant earlier this year forced countries to reimpose restrictions on movement and rising energy prices and supply disruptions also resulted in higher and more broad-based inflation than anticipated, especially in the United States and many emerging markets and developing economies. 
And while countries are slowly easing restrictions put in place to counter the pandemic, the IMF said global growth is still expected to slow significantly in 2022, largely because of the Russian-Ukraine war. Senior minister in the office of Guyana's president with responsibility for finance, Dr. Singh, said projected growth would be fueled by oil production increases from the Liza Unity floating production, storage, and offloading vessel, as well as the Liza Phase 2 project, which will be set in place by the first half of the year. He said the non-oil economy is also expected to continue registering strong growth, projected at 7.7% this year, and driven mainly by rebounds in rice growing and gold mining, and continued expansion in construction activity and wholesale and retail trade and repairs. Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica earned just over 1.4 billion U.S. dollars from exports in 2021. Data from Jamaica's Statistical Institute shows that this was 15.2 percent higher than the 2020 outturn. Director General of Statistical Institute of Jamaica Carol Coy said the increase was largely spurred by higher exports of mineral fuels up to 75.5%. She was speaking during Statistical Institute of Jamaica's digital quarterly media briefing last Thursday. McCoy informed that domestic export earnings climbed by 10% last year to 1.28 billion U.S. dollars. This, she pointed out, was due to the rise in manufacturing and agricultural industry exports, which increased by 30.8% and 8.1% respectively. Over the past three years, the manufacturing industry shared to total domestic exports moved from 30.8% in 2018 to 56.3% in 2021. The Director General said increased exports of yams, fruits and beverage and coffee were the main contributors to the rise in the agricultural industry's outturn. She said despite increased export earnings in 2021, revenue was 12.9% below the pre-COVID-19 pandemic level in 2019. Maritime executives report that two Puerto Rico-based U.S. Coast Guard cutters intercepted $12 million worth of cocaine in two bus over the span of a week, according to the service. On April 6, a U.S. Custom and Border Protection Patrol plane spotted suspicious vessel north of San Juan. Sector San Juan diverted cutter Joseph Tizano, which arrived on the scene and intercepted a small go-fast boat. The vessel was carrying three men, all Dominican Republic nationals, and eight bills of suspected contraband. The substance tested positive for cocaine. On April 11, the Custom and Border Patrol plane spotted another vessel, northwest of Aguadilla, Puerto Rico. San Juan sector diverted the cutter Hiberto Hernandez, which arrived and intercepted a 25-foot go-fast boat. The vessel was carrying four men, again, 
all Dominican Republic nationals and six bales of suspected contraband, which tested positive for cocaine. Safeguarding the nation's southernmost maritime borders is among our top priorities, said Captain Gregory H. McGee, U.S. Coast Guard Sector San Juan's commander. You can expect to see many more of these from the Coast Guard and from our local and federal partners as we work together to stop drug smuggling, go fast vessels from making landfall in Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands, he said. Grenada's Prime Minister, Dr. Keith Mitchell, and political leaders of the ruling New National Party has announced that Grenada's parliament will soon be dissolved, paving the way for the holding of general elections. The upcoming general elections is constitutionally due no later than June 2023, but he has given strong indication that there will be a general election date in 2022. The Westminster style of governance provides for the prime minister to call general elections at any time. Addressing a political meeting on Sunday night in the parish of St. Patrick, where the candidates for St. Patrick West and St. Patrick East were present to the people of those constituencies, Dr. Mitchell told hundreds of supporters that the process for calling an election starts with the dissolution of parliament. He then disclosed that he will soon be asking the governor general, who is the head of state, to dissolve parliament. As we move forward, I want to say there are two stages for general election. The prime minister has to call on the governor general to dissolve parliament. That is the first stage, he told the jubilant supporters who were blowing shells and waving placards made with pictures of candidates for the party. I'm making it clear tonight, therefore, all constituencies get your canvas report ready. Some say I'm calling it in May, some say in June, some say when Santa Claus come. Well, I'm telling you that your election date will be announced soon. The Prime Minister said. Once Parliament is dissolved, there will be a general election in 90 days. The Prime Minister is scheduled to address the nation on Tuesday, April 26th. The Commonwealth Secretary General, the Right Honourable Patricia Scotland, has called for countries to ramp up action to urgently address key challenges linked to climate change, ocean and land degradation and biodiversity loss. Baroness Scotland made the call in a statement which was released on the occasion of Earth Day observed on April 22nd. The Secretary General stated the connection between planet and people has never been starker than now as we witness increased evidence of how our own human actions and habits can impact our Earth's life support system so profoundly, whether on land, in the ocean, or in the atmosphere. Every country within our Commonwealth family of nations has been adversely affected by the climate crisis, but our small and other vulnerable nations are most at risk, with many already feeling the brunt of impacts as we speak. Lives and livelihoods across the Commonwealth literally depend on it. Climate change and ocean action is a central priority for me as Secretary General. And as we look towards the upcoming Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting in Rwanda this June, climate and ocean action will be prioritized on the leader's agenda.
The Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting will take place in Kajali from June 20th to June 25th. Sinkitz Nevis Observer reports that St. Vincent and the Grenadines gave a red carpet welcome to two members of Britain's royal family, but a small group of protesters registered their objections to the visit and instead called for repatriation for African slavery. Prince Edward 58 and his wife Sophie, 57, the Earl and Countess of Wessex, were greeted by Acting Prime Minister Montgomery Daniel as Prime Minister Dr. Ralph Gonzales is off-island undergoing medical attention in Venezuela. The royals whose visit to the Commonwealth Caribbean forms part of activities marking Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee 70 years on the throne. The welcome events were overshadowed by a small group of protesters calling on Britain to apologize for its role in the African slave trade as well as to pay compensation. Britain and other European countries have dismissed the repatriation call, saying that current generations should not be held responsible for acts committed by their forebearers. Former chair of the National Repatriations Committee, Jemo Thomas, however, said that it was only in 2015 that the British government finished repaying the 20 million pounds it borrowed in 1831 to compensate slave owners in preparation for the end of slavery. And finally, Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that Trinidadian Dr. Rhonda McEwen will be the first black woman president and vice chancellor of Victoria University, a college in the University of Toronto when she takes the position on July 1st. She said one in five university presidents in Canada are women and living in a predominantly white country, she is possibly also the first black woman to be president of a university in Canada. Someone, she said, had to crack the ceiling. It's a massive honor to be invited to even interview. It was wonderful to get a call that they wanted me. Despite that honor, she told Newsday that she still had to consider the offer carefully. She felt she still had a lot to do in her position as the University of Toronto's Mississauga Campus Vice Principal and Dean. McEwen 51 was the campus first special advisor to the Vice President and Principal on Anti-Racism and Equity director of the Institute of Communication, Culture, Information and Technology and was on the steering committee of University of Toronto's Black Research Network. She holds a Canada Research Chair in Tactile Interfaces, Communication and Cognition and is considered an expert in her area of study. She explained that she held that chair for five years and was recently renewed for another five. Dr. Rhonda McEwing is a graduate of the University of the West Indies, St. Augustine campus. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, April 25th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.